I'm Mark Ramsey, Executive Director of the Ministry Collaborative. And I'm Jennifer Watley-Maxell, the Program Curator for the Ministry Collaborative. Obviously, we are living in a time of seismic shifts. And these podcasts are often recorded ahead of time. This recording was done before the global health crisis caused by COVID-19. And also before the most recent painful and poignant examples of racial injustice in our society. The Ministry Collaborative seeks to promote and nurture deep and searching conversations about God's activity in the world. And our place in it. And so with all that, we commend this podcast to you. Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. A series of honest conversations about opportunities, challenges, and joy in ministry today. I'm Adam Mixon, content curator. I'm Adam Borneman, program director. I'm Jennifer Maxell, program curator. And I'm Mark Ramsey, executive director of the Ministry Collaborative. A project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation, the Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors and congregations committed to faithful, creative, and courageous engagement in their communities. Every day, we are inspired by ministry leaders from across the country who are exploring possibilities, learning from broad perspectives, taking risks, and who are eager to join candid discussions that generate disruptive creativity. Hi, this is Adam Borneman. I'm here with my colleagues, Mark Ramsey, Adam Mixon, Jennifer Maxell, having a roundtable discussion today, uh, focusing on the theme of change and and particularly trying to get some uh, precision and clarity about how we talk about change. This is something that uh, when we work with pastors and congregations all over the country, people want to talk about change, but change has been going on a long time. So we, we want to explore with greater depth, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about change and the pace of change and the types of change that we are experiencing and even the types of change that God is enacting and accelerating. So um, welcome. Good to be with you all today. Thanks, Adam. So what about change? What are we uh, What are we missing? What are we getting right? What are we getting wrong? Uh, what's going on with this um, ever-present theme? In it's life time to stop talking about change. And that's our podcast for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's become this rash on the church where we feel like we've got to talk about it and we've got to be depressed about it and we've got to feel stressed about it. This has been going on for six decades in the church, at least in North America, in almost every demographic generational segment. It's time to see this in a very new way because we're not managing ourselves to a better place. Well, and I think part of the challenge is that, um, you know, to me, the church is one of the few places where we actually make an issue of change, (laughs) where we assume a lack of change. We assume and we meet people at a place where we anticipate their um, not being able to change. But the question I have is, is it really the people or is it us? Because we uh, minister and are in community with people who are navigating huge swaths of change every day already. Um, I think about my grandmother who just turned 90 years old, and I think about the, what she has experienced in her life growing up from no television to now having a television on her phone in her purse. She is someone who has clearly navigated change very well for the past 90 years. And yet when she is in a pew in a church, we as leadership make an assumption that she has an unwillingness or inability 
to embrace change, when in reality, she has been very, very nimble. And so I, I wonder, to the extent, is this really an issue with the pew, or is it really an issue with us as leaders? Yeah. I mean, one of the questions I have around that is, um, why is it in our, particularly in our religious communities, I mean, there, there is something about change that seems hard for folks because of this sort of rootedness or solidarity that's supposed to be there. There's like, you know, it's hard to shift within tradition. Um, so as much as we, because I think you're right, there's so many areas in life where we live in a culture where there is absolutely exponentially accelerating change, our technology, our entertainment, the cars we drive, the cl- everything is rapidly changing. Nothing is in season very long. And yet in some segments of our life, we have a harder time with it. So I think you're right, but I also want to be precise with what's going on there and why. And if Mark's right that there has been change going on and there's been this decline and other things that people tend to talk about, what is the acute, how can we better label the acute anxiety that people seem to be feeling now? Maybe well, maybe we're saying that it's not change, it's something else. What, what are we saying? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I don't want to oversimplify the conversation, but I think um, that, that the issue that we are talking about and dealing with change is fundamental and it's um, foundational concerning. It's, a, it's about our faith formation. There's an issue with our faith formation because we are seeking comfort in circumstance, which is not a guarantee to us because we're Christians. But instead of seeking comfort in, in our Savior, it's not in our rote that we're supposed to find comfort. It's not in our ritual. It's it's not in our tradition even that we're to find comfort, but it's supposed to be in Christ. And I think when leadership shifts from that foundation, you have organizations that are resistant to change. Um, and I think Mark said it earlier about we're not managing these situations. And in my ministry from the margins, in my mind, I always couple change with conflict. And we see conflict as something that's negative, something that should be avoided, something that should be resisted. And the truth of the matter is conflict is necessary. Friction is necessary physically for there to be motion. And it, and that, that, that friction has to be managed so that we can move you know, forward. And I, I think we've been taught to resist that because we're putting our comfort in the wrong, we're, we're seeking comfort in the wrong places. And which which it means that we're going to forever be restless and fighting against the the tide that is really moving us into the will of God, into the stream of uh, his purpose. We're fighting against the very thing that should be giving us life. I, just real fast. There's a weird book by a man named Tehard Deschardins. Some of y'all have read him called The Divine Milieu. And he talks about learning how to swim. And he talks about... Uh, when you get over the fear of the water, you can use what would drown you to, as a, as a means of moving you forward and upward. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to stop resisting that. Stop stop fighting that. That's the thing that's going to make you buoyant. That's the thing that, you know, and and I think that's where the church is right now. We're fighting the very thing that really is is lending us toward these life giving moments. If we're just kind of Kind of learn how to manage it, learn how to embrace it. So right. Yeah, and there's a there's an axiom you can't put data into a feeling system. And so there's at least two paths here. 
The data is most people who study this think that 1963 or thereabouts was the tipping point where the decline in North American Protestantism began. We can quibble with that, but let's just take that as the date. But there's writing back to the late 1950s expressing concern about the collapse of what was called the, the Protestant ecology in North America. So that's 62 years ago that this first started maybe surfacing. So that means no one who's active in church has not known this or at least experienced this decline. That's the data. So for anybody, and, and Jennifer, I take your point that a lot of this is leaders or congregation, whatever. For anyone who says, oh, this change has just come upon us, that's not true. On the feeling side, I do think there's a sense in which Everything else is changing, so can I please have the church be the one thing that isn't going to change? Because I can I have that be, the, you know, the, the rock on which I stand. Interestingly, faith in in Scripture is both talked about sometimes as a rock, but also to your point, Adam, as water. One is solid; the other is constantly moving. Um, and I think we have to get to the point where we see that actually. Uh, no, we can't use the church as the museum to a stability of a of a long time ago place. To say nothing of the fact, look at Scripture. I was lost and now I'm found. In the far country, the prodigal came to himself. Uh, an angel visits Mary and her life is turned upside down. The disciples all are disrupted by the call of Jesus. God's whole thing with us is change. Yeah, and that, that really reinforces Adam's point, too. It's just, I, it really struck me what you said, um, that this is actually, on one level, not a conversation about change. It's a conversation about um, seeking comfort and convenience as the container of our faith, to Mark's point, in a culture that is changing very fast. Wow. To help people get precision about what they're talking about is... That's what I'm interested in, because people do talk about change in this way, but it's it, we're not being precise enough. We need to help each other and help each other um, and help our lay leaders and community leaders be more precise with what we are after when we talk about change. Well, and I think that part of what we are wrestling with is the idea of safety. Yes. Where do we find safety that helps us manage and navigate what we have to deal with, which is the natural change that occurs in the world? For organizations, most organizations find safety in bureaucracy, and the church's bureaucracy moves incredibly slow. Most people find safety in tradition, and so when you marry the organization's kind of natural um, grappling with bureaucracy for safety with the individual's natural um, bend towards tradition, and you put the individual tradition with the organization's bureaucracy, what you end up is stagnation. And so I think part of it is really looking at how we um, cultivate areas of safety organizationally and individually. And I think part of it is looking at what are the core values that drive our institutions. If change is a core value that drives our institution, then the whole bureaucratic process that we follow has to change. If innovation is a core value that drives our system. And unfortunately, in too many areas, tradition, history, um, our past are the core values that drive our institutions, which is really sad because, you know, in my opinion, those aren't really core values. Um, it's a rock upon which we stand, 
but it is not the place from which we can necessarily grow because we have to go beyond where we've been. We have to go beyond the rock in order to grow. And so I think looking at the idea of safety and how particularly in an area where the church in so many different ways, we can point to examples of where the church has been notoriously unsafe. And so then how do we, you know, counteract that story? How do we allow people to find healing? How do we allow ourselves to be seen in a light that is different than what we've been, realizing that where we're going is not where we've been? That that reminds me of something that I I do in the the church that I serve back in Birmingham um, and trying to qualify what faith is or or how we approach faith. And it, 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 um, the, the way I've kind of lean toward teaching about faith is that it is not where you land, which for most of us represents certainty, but, but it is the launching, which is informed by confidence. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of not the, not the landing, but the launching. It's not the plateau that we settle on, but it's the, the cliff we jump off of. <laughs> right. One aims at certainty. The other one is is rooted in a confidence um, that 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 there is someone who will sustain us if we leap right. And and again, I think that's where we where, where the battle is fight. How do we how do we what it, what does it mean to be a person of faith? Are we ever pointing at just a line of traditions and who we were, um, or or are we reimagining? To me, it seems that another question on this is how do we utilize and deploy the strength of our traditions in order to uh, generate change, generate disruption? So this is not a zero-sum equation. You're not making a choice between uh, you know, the, the best of whatever Protestant tradition we've had in the last 50 years or whatever tradition it might be. We're not making a choice between that and change. We're looking at, the, at what we have as raw material and saying, you know, what part of this is God calling us to use as we experience the the change of of a people of faith? Um, you know, we ran a series of articles um, through our uh, website recently um, on disruption, and you know, one of the uh, one of the most important things I learned in in parish ministry was the the value of creating disruption carefully, wisely. Um, using calculated risk, because that's part of that launching faith formation that you're talking about. You know, a lot of us try to make a decision between um, stasis and calm and convenience, and, and on one hand, on the other hand, crisis and chaos. That is a false dichotomy when, uh, well, frankly, I think when we're following the Holy Spirit. I mean, so it's easier said than done. It's nice to sit at a round table and say that and not have to do it yourself. But there really is a sense in which um, I, I remember reading from a some of our listeners, and I know most of us have, are familiar with Heifetz and Linsky's work on adaptive leadership. One of the most helpful things out of that resource is uh, creating disequilibrium that is, that is generative, finding that zone where people can stay connected and grounded in the work, but that are thrown off just a little bit just to keep change and imagination going. And so one of the things that we have to do as pastors is uh, and ministry leaders in all sorts of settings is think and pray how do we generate um, wise, creative disruption in the communities that we're in? That's a good starting point to, to, to get at this problem. And listening to all three of you, what you just said, I'm, I'm thinking about the word velocity. Um, I'm really taken by the safety thing, Jennifer. I think that's huge. 
I think if a church can ever portray itself to a community as a safe place, it's in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. And it's stunning how many times, not only can't they do that, but it's been seen exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. I I think some of the time we're misaligned with velocity of change. Some things need to go much slower, Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly when it comes to how God deals with us. There needs to be a slowing down, a quiet, a calm. But there are other things, in my view, particularly institutionally, that need to hit the accelerator fast. Mm -hmm. It is not worth doing a six-month process in church on how you're going to redecorate a parlor. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. There's only so much bandwidth anybody has to to devote to their church or to their faith community. And if you want to burn it up on that, I think it's wrong. But, But often I think some things that we get snagged on are the things that we need to go fast on. And some of the things we rush by, as in, Going deeper, allowing people to grow deep spiritual roots, we're not, you know, we, we're, we're spending uh, too little time on. Well, I was struck by the word deployment when you use that. And I think it's for a similar reason in that when I think of deployment, I think of the tension that has to be created for a successful deployment of anything. There has to be definitely rigorous planning and calculation, but then there also has to be the energy and force to go ahead and launch that thing out there. And I think um, being able to hold that tension and manage that tension well is really the work of innovation, of taking something that exists and turning it into something new and different and creative. And I think that we haven't really figured out how we really manage that tension, particularly in a world where there's so many new avenues and tools for us to use. Mm. And I think sometimes we get caught up focused on either the launch phase or the planning phase that we never really get off the ground. And it's cultivating that tension between the two and utilizing what we have. Um, You know, I'm always struck that whatever God is doing, God has planned for. Therefore, wherever we're supposed to be going, what we need to get there is already in the house. And I feel like we spend a lot of time out there looking for mm-hmm. the next big thing, the next, the next, <laughs> the next, when it's already in the house. And then we sit down and plan. Oh, we over plan for the change rather than just embracing and running with it. And with that, you know, this resistance and the anxiety and the fear, I think that's kind of built into us because we are not allowed to fail. <laughs> Is it okay when you're navigating change to stumble out the gate? Mm-hmm. That's a whole Another podcast right there. The answer is yes. (laughs) Particularly in the age of social media. Absolutely. (laughs) As we wrap up, it occurs to me that so much about a theory of change is in Scripture. Um, And let's face it, a lot of what we're facing in ministry, it's not hand in glove with – but over and over and over again, the way God deals with God's people, there is a model of change. And the most – the ultimate change in Scripture, obviously, is Easter and the resurrection – Every well, not Mark, uh, that just rings down the curtain with everyone being afraid, which <laughs> seems good. It's another theory of change. It is. Um, it's it's honest, but but every one of the other three gospels basically says he's not here. He's on ahead of you. Go and find him. Yeah, that's a theory of change. Mm-hmm. That God, to your point, God is already active in doing this. Our job is not to think through the change. Our job is to get to where God is already doing it and just start participating. Mm -hmm. And then being willing to hit the stop button when it's time to hit the stop button, which is the hardest thing to do. 
Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. Our producer is Marthame Sanders. To find out more about us and our work of cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website at www.ministrycollaborative.org. 